Hi, welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Alex Papas, Senior Pastor at Oceans Unite Christian Center. Well, it's so great to be with you all this morning. And um, before I get into the message this morning, I just want to just kind of just echo what Naomi mentioned this morning that we have our U group on Wednesday. For those of you that don't know what a U group is, it's a cell group, a home fellowship group. And this week, we'll be diving into the first book of John. So if you're not in a U group, we'd love for you to join one and get into it. We're going to have two handouts that will be available on Faith Life. So if you're going to be going to U group, before you go, go on to Faith Life and download the participant handbook, uh, not handbook, handout. There's a handout that you can take with you to take notes, and the scriptures will be in there, and everything will be available for you. We'll do that every week. You can make a little file, and you can put them all in there if you want to. So we want to make that available during this different series that we do. Over the next few months this year, we'll be doing more studies like this in the cell groups, in the U groups, and I'm really excited about it. I think that it's, it's, it's a nice uh, thing for us to be doing at the, at the church. You know, here on Sundays we, and Saturdays, we want to equip you. We want to empower you. I said last night to the crowd that church is actually called to equip the body of Christ. Yes, we come here to worship. This is a house of worship. It's a house of prayer. That's what the Bible says, that my house shall forever be a house of prayer. And so we know that that's what the church is, but it's also the Bible tells us that the, that the ministry, the fivefold ministry is there to equip the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. The ministry doesn't take place here. It takes place out in the, in the world. It takes place outside of the church. The majority of ministry that takes place at Oceans should not be here. It should be outside. Amen. And so I encourage you, if you were not here last night, that you go and listen to last, last night's message. There's a real burden that was on my heart concerning what we should be praying for as the church collectively, not just at Oceans, and desiring to usher in a move of God's spirit where he says in his word that in the last days, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. How many of you wanna see that happen? How many of you wanna see God pour out his spirit on all flesh? Amen. Amen. Listen, I will not be satisfied until it is at least as good as it was on the day of Pentecost. You think that I'm not even, I'm expecting far greater. Is that okay? Because the latter rain shall be greater than the former. Amen. In the latter rain should be a far greater outpouring. Okay. And you can't argue with me. That's also scripture, just by the way. Okay. So Go listen to it. You know, all the people that are sort of more mature come on Saturday nights because it's, they get double portion, you know. It's okay. Yes, I'm talking to you. Amen. <laughs> so Saturday nights, actually, it's very interesting because the message this morning was actually supposed to be the message for last night. And last night's message was more of a teaching style message for this morning. So you'll get a little bit more of what happens on a Saturday night this morning. For those of you, for those of you that have not been able to make it because you were too busy. Amen. All right, let's get into the word this morning. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I know you've got more important things to do. I understand. <laughs> Please don't send me an email and tell me how upset you are. I'm just joking. Is that okay? All right. 
So this morning's message is entitled, Take It Back. And I kind of want to start this morning by saying this to you. I want you to understand something. We all need to understand this, that God has an enemy. And this battle is very real. His enemy is very real. How many of you know that that's true? Okay, there is a, a devil. His name is Satan. And he is an enemy of God. Now, there are other enemies, fallen angels and characters. We're not going to talk about that. But we know from Scripture that there seems to be an arch leader when it comes to the enemy. And how many of you know that God has him and he's, he's the enemy, right? But what I want you to realize is that he's not only God's enemy, he's also your enemy. Because if you are in Christ, you are now a new creature, a new creation, you have now been baptized into Christ. So that means that if you are now in Christ, that you are his and that his enemies, God's enemies, are your enemies. Now, don't get ridiculous and say, well, I don't want to have any enemies. The devil is not my enemy. Come on, that's crazy. The devil is absolutely your enemy. He does not like you. He does not like you at all. And I want to talk a little bit about this this morning. John 10, verse number 10, tells us this. And I want you to see this this morning, because I think it's very important and what the Lord really wants me to share with you this morning. John 10, 10 says this, and I've actually heard people misquote this. I think I've even misquoted it when I quote this scripture, when I'm just preaching randomly or I'm not reading the word. It says, the thief does not come except to steal kill and destroy. I want you to see there, he says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Many times you'll hear preachers preachers say, the enemy does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Bible actually calls him a thief. The enemy or the devil is a thief. That's what he is. He's a thief. He was a thief right from the beginning. In the days of Adam and Eve, guess what he did? He came into the garden to steal from them, to take what God had blessed them with. He wanted to rob them of their authority and dominion that God had given them. God said to Adam and Eve that this is yours. I'm giving it to you. Take dominion. But the enemy came, and what did he do? He came to steal. He came to rob them. So I want you to see that even though he says kill and destroy, there's an emphasis on the character of Satan. And that character is that he is a thief. He wants to rob you. He wants to rob us from many things. And I think the primary purpose of that is because remember I said we are now in Christ. We have been made new. We have now got a new life, a new purpose. And the enemy wants to rob you of that purpose that God has for you. Because if you begin to step into the purpose of God and begin to follow God's plan for your life, it will affect the enemy. It will affect what he's doing on the earth. You will affect him. The greatest witness of Jesus is another believer, is someone that believes in his word and walks out the purpose and plan that God has for them. Not everybody's called to be a pastor, but every one of us are called to pastor in some way, to minister, to, to, to minister the word, to preach the gospel, to lay hands on the sick, to, to, to minister to others, to be a witness of Jesus. Every one of us is called to do that. And I want you to know the enemy will do whatever he can to prevent you 
from stepping into that or from doing that. I often believe that the enemy will actually be quite satisfied. He won't be happy, but he'll be satisfied with you believing but doing nothing. As long as you're not moving, doing anything, affecting the kingdom, making any difference, he's kind of got you where he wants you. And I think his greatest strategy, I believe his greatest strategy at doing that is theft. I believe he's a thief. And what I mean by that is he wants to steal from you in areas of your life so that it affects you so that you will not serve God the right way or properly or fully or 100%. One of the things that he does, we'll take a look at a few things, is that he wants to rob from you in your relationships, especially in the marriage. The enemy will do whatever he can to affect your marriage, to steal or rob from you in your relationships, in your marriage. He wants to affect relationships between parents and children. He wants to rob you of, if you're a parent, he wants to rob you of your child serving God, following the Lord. He wants to do whatever he can. And he'll do it by setting up different devices. The Bible says that he has fiery darts, fiery darts of the wicked one. So he comes at us with different strategies. For example, in a marriage, he would come into a marriage, he'd bring dissension, he would maybe cause lust to come on one of them so that they begin to lust after somebody else. It opens a door, things begin to get problematic and the enemy begins to climb all over it. Guess what that does to your walk with the Lord? I don't know anyone that's had, you know, things go wrong in their marriage and their walk with God is awesome. Is that okay? When it, when it happens and things go wrong, it's difficult. But you have to stay the course. Is that okay? The enemy wants to rob. He wants to rob you of your finances. He wants to steal from you. Maybe he has. Maybe God opened a door for you and, he want, and the enemy came in and did whatever he could to close that door, to steal from you. I want you to know that God wants to prosper and bless you as well. I'm so glad you're all convinced that that's true. Amen. It's wonderful. Thank you for like the three of you that believe that. <laughs> God wants to prosper you. Prosperity is a blessing of God. Prosperity actually means success. In other words, God wants you to be successful, but the enemy wants to rob you of that because if he can cripple you in an area where God wants to prosper you or make you grow further or expand you, guess what? He's, he's stealing from you. He's stealing what the Lord wants from you. The enemy will also desire to come and steal your joy. If you don't have joy and you're depressed all the time and morbid all the time, you're ineffective. Your witness is like not making sense. Come on. Is that okay? So the enemy will come and try to steal our joy. He will come and try and steal our peace. He comes to try and steal our peace. He comes to try and steal opportunities that God has opened up for you, doors that he's opened up for you. The enemy will come and try and steal that. As I said, your purpose, but listen to this. He will also come and try and steal and rob you from physical health, physical health. You must understand that there are also times where your physical health can just be inflicted because it's just life, it's getting older, whatever the case might be. Sometimes things happen, it's got nothing to do with the enemy, but there are times where there is a spirit of infirmity or the enemy has attacked you in an area and you become physically ill. It happens. Amen? So the enemy will try and steal from you in your physical health as well. He also tries to steal from us in our mental health, the way that we feel about ourselves. Remember, the emphasis is on feel because 
Your soul, your mind is your emotions, your will, your intellect. It's, your, it's, your, it's basically what's going on inside you. You know the you that's talking to yourself the whole time? That's the part that I'm talking about. He will, he will attack you there in an incredible way because he knows that if he can win the battle in your mind, he can steal everything God has for you. He can steal, he can rob you. He can rob you of purpose, he can rob you of blessings, he can rob you of things that God wants to do. And if he can just cripple you in one area so that you can't move anymore, he knows that he's having success in affecting your destiny. That's what the enemy wants to do. The Bible tells us, the thief, everybody say thief. The devil is a thief, comes to steal, first thing. The first thing, the emphasis, he comes to steal and he steals from us in all these different places, in all these different areas. He wants to do that in our lives. And what happens is most Christians, or not most, but many, I'll say this, most at some point in their life will basically be surviving, survival Christianity. Surviving, just wanting to go through the motions and please God, let me just not fall completely by the wayside so I'll make it to heaven. But that's not how God intended it to be for us. He made us aware that there is a thief. He made us aware that there is an adversary that comes to kill, steal, destroy, that comes to take away the plans and the purposes of God in your life. Listen, the most valuable thing that you can do or be for God is allow Him to be in you. Allow Him to manifest through you. The more of God in you, the better you can affect and and help his kingdom expand. The more you seek the Lord, the more the Lord begins to move through you, the more faith you begin to have, the more God will begin to use you. But when the enemy steals from us, it affects our boldness, it affects our soul in such a way that we feel we can't move forward anymore. It holds us, it cripples us. Many people, things happen to them. Things happen to them when they're young. Incidents take place, bad things happen and the enemy attacks you. I've spoken to so many young women that have been molested when they were young and they end up growing up thinking that it was their fault. I want you to know, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. That's what he is. He came to steal. He comes to steal your innocence. He comes to steal from you. He comes to rob you. But I want you to know the good news this morning is that God is a restorer. God is a restorer. That's what He is. That's who He is. Remember, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God. But God, but the Lord comes so that we can have life and life more abundant. In other words, listen, what the enemy desires to take from you, don't be afraid because God's the one who gives life. So everything the enemy has taken from you, don't worry about it because life is at your door. Life is standing right beside you. Life will take away what the enemy has come to kill, steal and destroy. Amen. All right. Amen. You need to come on Saturday nights. You know what I mean? If you look and study the story of Job, you will find out that the one who inflicted everything on Job was the devil. The one who stole, the one who killed, the one who destroyed in the life of Job was the devil. 
the adversary, the thief. He's the one who did it. But take a look at what the scripture says. It's God. God is the one. Everybody say God. He is the one who will restore. He is the one who gave Job back twice as much what the enemy had stolen. Take a look at what it says in Job 42, verse number nine. So Eliphaz, the Temanite, and Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite, went and did as the Lord commanded them, and the Lord had accepted Job. And the Lord restored Job's losses. Everybody say restored. The word restored is a very powerful word in the Hebrew because in most places where you see healing and restoration, it's connected to the Hebrew word rafah. Rafah is the word that is the word for heal, the God who heals. He is our healer. And the root of healing in the Old Testament without any question is God is a God of restoration. The wonderful thing about God is when He restores, when He gives back to us, He normally gives you far more than what you had the first time. Why? Because you must understand without faith it is impossible to please Him. In other words, if you don't believe that God is a restorer, He will not restore. If you don't believe that God is a healer, He will not heal. But when you believe it, when you stand up and you say, okay God, I believe, I believe your word is true. I'm gonna seek after you. He will restore and normally He gives you much more than you had the first, the first time. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap, amen. Verse number 10, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job as twice as much as he had before. God is an awesome God. Jeremiah 30 verse 17 says this, for I will restore, everyone say restore. Here you see it again. God is a restorer. He will, he will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. Remember I said to you, one of the things that Satan is so good at is taking bad things that have happened to you and using them to inflict wounds. Those wounds he will press. It's like if you have an open wound on your body, what the devil will do is he will not let that thing close. He will come and stick his finger in your wound to make sure that it never goes away. As soon as he sees it's beginning to have a bit of a breakthrough, the healings comes, he comes and he tries and he sticks his thumb in there because that's what he wants to do. He wants to inflict wounds in you because when you wounded, you're a dangerous Christian. A wounded Christian is a dangerous Christian. They cannot operate holy and fully and healed and restored. But I want you to know that the Bible tells us that God will heal our wounds. He's a restorer and He will heal our wounds. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a clap. Amen. He will heal all of our wounds. He will restore all of our pain. Why? Because He will give us back everything the enemy has taken from us if we pursue Him. If we pursue Him. See, the Bible tells us in a little story, gives us a glimpse of what we should do when the enemy has stolen from us. If the question is, what should we do? If, if I know that in some way the enemy has stolen, now remember something. A lot of what the enemy will do has a lot to do with mistakes that we have made. And he uses those things against us and comes against us. 
But God is so good, guys, that if we go to him, he will restore and heal, even if it was self-inflicted. You must remember, we're in a battle. God's enemy is my enemy. So if, the, if, if anyone wants to stop me from fulfilling the purpose and plan that God has for me, it can only be the enemy of God. So let's go to 1 Samuel 30, verse number one, and take a look at what it says. In the story, David and his men come back to Ziklag, and when they come back to Ziklag, they're, they're fighting and they come back, and when they come back, they find that the Amalekites have raided their homes and have completely robbed from them. Let's read what it says. And I want you to know this, that the, Amaleks, the Amalekites, the, the Amalek is an enemy of God. In scripture, we can see how God wants to utterly wipe Amalek out. Why? Because Amalek is an enemy of God. The, the devil is an enemy of God. And he wants to do exactly what Amalek did here to David. 1 Samuel 30 verse number one. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag, attacking Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the woman and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So you can see that what's basically happened is that the Amalekites came into the city and stole everything from these men, stole everything from David. And how many of you can imagine what something like that might feel like? You see, you must understand that we see this in the natural in the Old Testament, but in the realm of the Spirit in the New Testament, the enemy is operating exactly the same way right now. And our response must be like the response of David. But take a look at what it says, verse number three. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. I want you to kind of try and imagine this for just a moment. Don't skip over it. Don't read it like it's just there. Imagine coming home, everything's taken, your family's taken, and the Bible tells us that these men mourned so intensely that they couldn't cry or weep anymore because they wept and they cried and they couldn't handle it anymore. They, 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 were, they were hysterical. They couldn't take the pain anymore. I want you to know that if you've ever been in a place like that, there is hope for you. Amen. How many of you know things are not going too well for David right now? In 1 Samuel 30 verse number 6 says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. Now watch. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David's response in a moment of anguish and desperation. David doesn't call a friend. David doesn't go to the bar. David doesn't go to the bar. Amen? <laughs> David, doesn't, 
David makes a decision that he's going to strengthen himself in the Lord. This is so powerful. The word strengthen in the Hebrew means to become stronger. Can you imagine? He's wept, he's cried, he's desperate. Now he goes to God and he says, listen, God, these guys are so crazy and so mad. Everybody's so upset. Now they want to kill me. And he cries out to God. He strengthens himself in the, in the Lord. He was encouraged by the Lord, strengthened, made stronger in the Lord. And in that moment, in verse number seven, it says, then David said to Abitha the priest, uh, Amalek's, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abitha brought the ephod to David. In other words, listen, David said, listen, I'm gonna strengthen myself in the Lord. Now he takes a priestly garment and he's crying out to the Lord. And the Bible says, so David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And so David's crying out and he's saying, Lord, the enemy has come. The enemy has stolen from us. What do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do? I want you to understand something, that the same enemy that David had, the enemy that tried to rob from the children of Israel, that enemy, I can assure you, in the realm of the Spirit is the same enemy that is trying to rob from you right now, that is trying to prevent you from stepping into the inheritance and the purpose and plan that God has for your life. What the, what the enemy did to the children of Israel was he tried to rob them of their inheritance. He tried to stop the plan of God. And the the same thing is happening to us in the church today. The enemy wants to rob us. He wants to cripple us. He wants to harm us. He wants to steal from us so that we don't step into everything that God has for us. But if you choose to strengthen yourself in the Lord, if you choose to pick up your effort and you choose to cry out to God and you say, here I am, Lord. There is an enemy that has come after me and you say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I want you to know that God will answer. Put the scripture up for me, please. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail, recover all. Everybody say, recover all. Come on, everybody say, recover all. I want you to know, that God has a plan for your life and everything the enemy has stolen from you, God wants you to recover everything. God wants everything he has taken from you to be restored to you. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout in this place. Hallelujah. You will recover all, all. Let me explain to you why. You see, remember at the beginning, I explained to you that God's enemy is your enemy. And if he comes to rob you, you must understand in 2 Chronicles 20:15, we understand what's really going on. The Bible tells us, and he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Oh, I love it when the Bible says, thus says the Lord to you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. When the Lord says, this is what I say, you can take it to the bank. You can believe that it's the truth. You can know that it's yours. Come on, somebody. Thus says the Lord to you. Hallelujah. 
He says, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed because of this great multitude. In other words, don't worry what Satan has stolen from you. Don't worry how bad it looks. Don't look at the eyes of the enemy and think it's too great for you because the fact of the matter is that the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. That battle is God's battle. And you must understand, you fit into the greatest scheme of what God is busy doing. And He wants you to succeed. Thank you guys so much. Take a seat. He wants you to succeed. Get it in your head. God is for you. He wants you to succeed. He actually likes you. You don't like you, but He likes you. Maybe He even loves you. How about that? And the plan He has for you is His plan. The enemy that's attacking you is His enemy. And if Satan has stolen from you things that God has deposited in you that belongs to you, you need to understand that the battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. Somebody give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. It's not my battle. It's his battle. And if the enemy steals from me, the Lord will make sure I get back everything that he has planned for me. What do I need to do? I need to inquire of the Lord. I need to strengthen myself in the Lord. Not go to a psychologist, not phone a friend, not do anything like that. Rather go to the King of Kings. Rather go to His Word. You see, the reason why you got into that situation was because you didn't listen the first time. Maybe now if you listen to the Word of God, instead of arguing about things that really make no sense, because if God said it's purple, then it's purple. You can't call it green if God said it's purple. Because if you call it green the enemy's gonna go oh I got him right over there and he comes and he steals like a thief like a thief he is he wants to steal from you Psalm 107 verse number 2 says this let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You do not belong to Satan. You do not belong to the devil. You have been redeemed. You have been washed. You have been cleansed. You have been strengthened. You have been renewed. You have been marked. You have been covered. You have been sealed with the blood of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. You belong to Jesus. Don't listen to the liar, to the deceiver, the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, to rob you of everything God has for you. God has stuff in store for you. God has stuff, things that He wants to do in your life, and the enemy will do whatever he can. But the Lord says that He is our Redeemer. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You do not belong to the enemy. You do not belong to the enemy. Come on, somebody shout. Hallelujah. In the book of Proverbs, it tells us that if the thief 
is found out, if he is caught, he must pay back sevenfold. But here's the interesting thing. And this is what I love so much about this because I studied this really wanting to see a few things clearly from Scripture. You see, the enemy is the thief, but I don't want him to do anything. The one who will pay you back, the one who will give you back is the Lord. Why? Because it's his. It belongs to him. And if you cry out to him, and have faith and believe. That's why when David cried out to the Lord and strengthened himself into the, to the Lord and said, Lord, listen, you're the only one who knows what I should do. What should I do? And got an answer from God. God said, listen, this battle is my battle. This enemy is my enemy. Pursue them, overtake them. And by the way, when David went and got the plunder, once he went and he took back, he not only did he take back what they stole from them, but what they stole from the Philistines and others as well. David got a greater treasure, a greater reward in return. Every time God gives back, he gives back more. That's just how he is. That's just how he is. Amen. Amen. There are people here this morning and the enemy has stolen from you. And I'm here to tell you this morning that our God, your God, my God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who was and is and will forever be the God of everything, that God is for you. That God is right beside you and has witnessed everything that the enemy has taken from you. And I want to tell you that you don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till next week. Right here, right now, this morning, you can inquire of God. You can stretch your hands out. You can cry out to the Lord. And I believe with all of my heart that He will restore right now in this place broken hearts will be healed. Physical bodies will be healed. Restoration will come to families. Marriages can be restored. What must you do? Inquire of the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Walk in His statutes and His ways. Serve Him with all of your heart and watch how He will restore. The redeemed of the Lord will say so if they choose to follow Him with all of their heart. If that's you this morning, can we all stand? Come on, let's stand for just a moment. Let's all stand. Just raise your hands if you can. If you don't want to, that's okay. Nobody knows the, the story that you have. Nobody knows the journey that you've walked on. But God knows everything. And He is here this morning. His presence, His Spirit is here this morning. The enemy has come as a thief. And this morning, I want to focus on what he has stolen from you. If you know he's stolen in your marriage, cry out to God this morning. If he has stolen in your finances, cry out to God this morning. If he has stolen in your soul, in your heart, in your mind, with fear and anxiety and, and depression and these things, cry out to God this morning. That's not your portion. The Bible says, I have, given you, uh, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That is not your portion. 
This morning in this place, whatever he has done, whatever infliction he has brought upon your life, wounds that the enemy has tried to place there, this morning if you stretch out your hands, your heart to God, and say, Lord, here I am. I need you, Lord. This morning, Lord, I inquire of you. Take this away from me. If that's you and you stretch your hand out to him this morning, I believe with all of my heart that he will heal you this morning, that he will touch you this morning. His power is present to heal in this place. His Holy Spirit is in this place right now under the sound of my voice, every soul, every person, Lord, that believes in their heart that you are the God of the Bible, the one true God. Lord, I pray that you would respond to this word right now and in the mighty name of Jesus, begin to move across the audience. Just touch lives in this place. Father, I come against every foul spirit, every demonic spirit over the lives of every individual in this building and those watching online. You have no right. These people are washed in the blood of the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of this world. You are the accuser of the brethren. I serve you notice right now. I break your power. I bind you in the name of Jesus and command you to loose them. Leave them now in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, for healing, for broken hearts to be healed. I pray for finances to be restored. I pray for people's marriages to be healed, businesses, relationships between family members. In the mighty name of Jesus, we claim back our children, those that the enemy came and tried to steal. We claim them back. We claim their salvation. In the mighty name of Jesus, every person that needs a miracle, that feels that the enemy has tried to withhold something from you, take it back right now in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, give the Lord a big shout in this place right now. Come on, lift your voices. Give the Lord a shout. Shout like you believe it in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take a seat for just a moment. I really didn't think I'd have to do this in this service because you guys are normally so on fire. You know, in the Old Testament with the walls of Jericho, it's one of my favorite stories because what I love about the story of the walls of Jericho is that they shouted before the walls came down. In other words, they shouted before the miracle took place. If the word of the Lord goes out and the word of the Lord is true, you should shout like you already have your miracle. So when I ask you to shout, I don't care how you feel. If you feel I haven't had, nothing's happened yet. There's no healing, my arm's still broken or whatever. Don't think about how you feel. Don't act on your emotions. Act on God's word. Listen, if God is a healer, then he's a healer. If God is a restorer, then he's a restorer. So when you get up, shout like you already have the miracle. Shout like you believe that God wants to give you back what the enemy stole. That's the word of the Lord to you this morning, that God wants to give you back what the enemy has stolen from you. Now, if you believe it, stand up and give the Lord a shout in this place. Oh, 
Amen. Take a seat. Take a seat. Amen. Amen. All right. It's the week before the Holy Spirit Fire Conference. I'm ready. Are you ready? Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. God is a restorer. Man, you see it in the New Testament in the Greek word sozo. God is a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a savior. Guess what? What it really means is he's restoring. What's he doing? He's restoring us back to original intent. What God created us to be. Ultimately, the Bible talks of what we call glorification, where you will be made completely whole, spirit, soul, and body. God's ultimate plan for us is to be perfect like him. We can't be perfect like him. Of course we can. When we're in heaven with him, we will be just like him. We will not be him. He's the only God. Is that okay? But what I mean is he will make us completely whole. Everything, your mind, your body, everything will be whole. That's the plan. But while we're on this earth, we should walk towards that. And never doubt that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. If only the church would believe. 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 Only believe. Only believe. I believe that God is going to do an incredible thing in your life. I believe it. But I also know that it requires a response from you. He's given us the greatest gift of salvation. What will you do with it? And the enemy comes, he's a dirty bully. That's what the devil is. You know what a bully is? The devil's a bully. The Bible tells us that in the end we will look at him and say, is this the one that deceived the nations? Is this the one? Oh man, I would never have been afraid of him at night. I would never have allowed him to rob me of my marriage. I would never have allowed him to steal in my finances. I would never have allowed him to destroy or break my fellowship with the Father who loves you so much. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more teaching like this and other material, please visit our website at www.oceansunite.com.